think we exposed a uh, a flaw in my personality. I, I don't ha- think it's not a. I don't know yeah. if it's a flaw, but it's well, according to Harvard, it is. It, feel, it, it feels flawed <laughs> in practice. It feels pretty flawed too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome to the Hunto Show. I'm Lance, and I'm woven with jokes. Oh yeah, I'm Johnny. Good to go. All right, and I'm Bo. Let's. Get it going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to bring the, the flavor. Bringing back the old catchphrase there, Bo. Yep. <laughs> Let's get it going. <laughs> I'm, I'm still workshopping. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It's only been a year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So how's everybody doing today on the Junto Show? Always a pleasure to be back with my guys. I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm alive. I uh, I had a I had a public Success. yeah I had a public sub today so it's always a good day when you have a pub sub. What pub sub do you go with? Well, well I, I was kind of miffed at myself. I actually made a mistake. So I went there and and I was in a rush. So I got the Italian right, mm-hmm. and then I went to check out and they were saying, oh, there's a you didn't get the the chicken tender. There's a sale on chicken tender, and then I said. What am I thinking? And uh, I made a huge mistake. <laughs> Publix being the local grocery store here in town, so in case, you know, for our international listeners, because we're worldwide. Oh, <laughs> yep. And Johnny, what's going on with you, buddy? Yeah, it's going to be a little personal. Oh, hey. Oh. So I went to the dentist yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right? So the last couple of months, I've been getting some, like, what did you call it, Bo? AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny, man. You got to cut that out now. Yeah. <laughs> what is it called? Uh, anchor. Canker sores. <laughs> Canker sores. Oh, that's not a joke too. <laughs> no, no. So, like, I got some of these. I call them ulcers, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, they are. Yeah, ulcers. You should call them ulcers because it sounds better than herpes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got some ulcers going on. Recessed gum line thing going on. I'm like, yeah. like in your gums, you got you get stuff? like you just get like recess, like as if like as they as go trying, out to play. It's like I, know, I get that. It's like I'm turning into like a skeleton or something. Like in my mouth, right? Okay. And it just flares up for a week or so. This happens, then it just all goes back to normal. Your toothbrush is too hard. So I went to the dentist. Dentist and the um, dental hygienist both said, oh, it's stress. Oh, yeah, really? Exactly. That's my reaction. I was like, really? Stress causes this? Are you, are you stressed more than normal? I don't feel like it, but now that they told me I'm stressed, now I feel stressed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funny part about it. Yeah, it's like losing your glasses. You can't see good enough to find them. <laughs> so that sucks. So anyways, I don't know what to do here, but apparently I have to destroy, which is kind of hilarious because I feel like I have a pretty good life right now. Are you uh, still meditating? I know you were meditating yeah, for a while. I still meditate. It's, you know, very nice Sundays I get to go to the coffee shop. Yep. Yeah, I earn. I mean, you do work a lot. Like, um, as people go, you fill your time more than most people. Yeah, I don't feel stressed about it. That's a crazy but I guess I do deep down, deep down, I'm stressed out. I guess but, stress is in the eye of the beholder. Is stress in the eye of the beholder? Like can you be super busy and like Totally. And I, you think you're fine, but then like your body is actually like on the inside, like no we're not. No, uh, I get probably like a rich person that's spoiled, the first sight of struggle, they'll probably get stressed out. Whereas a poor person who struggles every day can like, yeah, that's no big deal. Not enough food today, no problem. Yeah, but uh, well, that, that's that would be a real big problem to me. That's <laughs> true. That's true. So, like on any given day, like yeah. the one of the worst days I have is better than like a, a day that a Florida roofer has, who's yeah. like yeah. on tarring a roof in hundred degree weather or whatever. Well, but I'm just maybe like, I'm just, I mean, just like this emails. Oh, so tough. Yeah, <laughs> but say you know, it's just different types of stress. So, like the Florida roofer may have you know certain stresses, but he's out there. He's you know using his muscles. He's 
exercising. He's getting working through his stress. Hanging can, out with his homeboys. Hanging out with his homeboys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's if you're Rupert, still- <laughs> like, I couldn't think of, like, a, a better job for de-stressing than just, like, if you had a hammer and you could hit it as hard as you can on something. If you're Doing that same thing indoors. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Indoors under AC, yes. Yeah. yeah. I think you're a carpenter. All right, so <laughs> we're going to uh, go ahead and start the show off here. Uh, today is, what is it? today thursday thursday august 15th 2019 and we are the junto show and the junto is a club benjamin franklin found it way back when america was great the purpose of the junto was to debate questions of morals politics and natural philosophy our show's not quite that stuffy but here and there we stumble upon something profound profound between the geeky jokes all right so i'll go ahead and kick things off here so uh this is the week of podcast movement 2019 it's here in orlando a huge event by the way it is huge. if you're anybody you're there yeah anybody in the podcast world uh so i was invited by the Loeb and Loeb what? law firm of uh of new york shout out to them and their excellent services they offer for intellectual property and uh, i was asked to be a part of a podcast on independent I mean, excuse me, a panel on independent podcasters in the environment where there's so many of these big corporations like your Gimlets and your uh, Pineapple Media that are being scooped up for millions of dollars and picking up other podcasts along the line. Yep. So right. if you, you guys will be pleased to know that I represented the Junto show well. Yes. I've uh, To this day, I've getting people coming up to me and saying what a great job I did, how insightful I was, how funny I was. But mm-hmm. you, got, you guys, the listeners, no shock there, you know. <laughs> of course. Yeah, you ask, represent the artisan podcast community i do i do yeah. and those with, with room to grow so yeah so that part was great and um and i want to give a, sh- a shout out and a big thank you to everybody that was involved with that to molly and to the team at multitude um podcast industries and um and also the the Loeb and Loeb law firm and and molly schwartz and preserve this podcast so the team's all great everybody was super cool also the team from t public i met a lot of cool people i love it it was great podcast conference right it's a really big conference and there's a ton of people there so if you in your mind's eye you think of a podcast i think a lot of people think like mm, youngish maybe mid-30s white guys Mm -hmm. or whatever at this conference it's all over the place tons of people of color women men young old like old people Mm -hmm. are out there um a surprisingly large number of people haven't started podcasts yet and are there like trying to I don't know, figure it out. You would think that you Interesting. would... You just jump into it. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, it's not that hard. But at the same time, like... No, no, it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want the competition, guys. It's more expensive to go to this conference than to, <laughs> than to start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, shout out to people who are trying to find their way. Uh, the the speakers have been really good. I've picked up some marketing tips that I'm going to implement here on the, uh, on the podcast here. Yes. So yes. when you see our numbers increase by five, that's why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and overall, this has been a great experience. I'm uh, enjoying the conference, and um, so it was good. All right, so um, you guys got anything? No, man. Let's do this. All right. And, uh, oh, also, side note, I recommend uh, you make friends with uh, people who work at a law firm and then take, let them take you to dinner. It's, uh, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and get things started with our first segment, Hot Take News. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. All right, so uh, I've, uh, I just finished this book called let me see. What's the uh, the tagline on it? It's called "Bitten: The Secret History of Lyme Disease." You guys heard about this? <gasps> no, Lyme disease or, or or the book. 
Oh, not bitten. No. Okay, so the the basic premise of the book is that this author, I think she and her husband both got Lyme disease, and then um, she found her way into like researching what it was about and the origins of it. Okay, and she all but says that the government developed it as some type of chemical, I mean, biological warfare weapon to fight the Cold War. Was it in the sixties in the Cold War to fight the Cold War? But then it somehow got loose into the populace, and that's kind of where it came from. She doesn't like prove it per se, but there's enough like weird conspiracy ish stuff and like I think actually there was some guy who worked on the program who was like asked did the government make it and he was like yes and then he didn't elaborate on it anymore <laughs> and then he died but he was old too but maybe she interviewed someone like me who I just make up stuff they asked me crazy stuff like yes have you seen aliens at, at work like yeah well but were you also a scientist <laughs> that worked at the CDC during the time when Lyme disease was first discovered in the same place that it was discovered yes. yeah of course <laughs> yeah okay yeah. Well, there, well there you go <laughs> so, Bo, as our uh, resident uh, conspiracy theory uh, expert, okay. Actually, I think I think I'd still think that's lame. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the one thing I have, <laughs> you give it to Bo. <laughs> what do you all think? Believable? I mean, no, Lance clearly says. I think it's kind of in the realm of like um, the the University of Florida made love bugs kind of thing. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> well, it is. Why would that not be true? Yeah. I mean, they're not. They're nowhere else besides Gainesville and Orlando, right? <laughs> okay, so so it sounds like a crazy thing that you know. One, uh, it sounds crazy until you read the book, and so uh, to make her case, one, she had a lot of evidence for it or whatever. Hey, Bo, that, that, I think they got Lance. That's how they get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's how they got the whole country. <laughs> but okay, so she outlined multiple other cases that have been um, brought forth in testimony in the years since where the government performed tests on the American population. So would you like one that's bad and then they in the cases that the Lyme disease wasn't even a thing they tr- they tried to give these these states it was something that got loose. So she document I mean there are documented to over 238 field tests of various bacteria and other transmission environments or, or, or viruses or whatever that the government have been attributed to them. So one of them in a field test called a study of the vulnerability of subway passengers in New York city to covert attack with biological agents. Okay. So this one is in like the congressional record. You can look this up. So the Lyme disease one can't prove that, but here's what they did do that. We know they did. (laughs) They said military officials tried to see how many, how easy it would be to unleash biological weapons using the New York city subway. So what they did was they waited to (laughs) to a train came in mm-hmm. and they broke light bulbs that had um, non-reactive agents in, in it. Or I think they had to have some type of a, uh, they would break light bulbs full of bacteria on the tracks to see how they spread through the city. So when the train took off, the wind would take the mm-hmm. the bacterium into the subways and then infect everybody. And then they would, uh, I think they said that it went from 14th street to 52nd street. I don't know how big that is in New York. I guess it's like two blocks per, per number. Okay. Yeah. So that's one thing they did. And, uh, and then they like measured it or something like that. They weren't like poisoning people. I don't want to go that far, but they released a bacteria of a sort on the people. Um, the military also tested how a biological or chemical weapon would spread throughout the country by spraying bacteria as well as various chemical powders, including a especially controversial one called zinc cadmium sulfide. Low-flying airplanes would take off near the Canadian border and fly through the Midwest, dropping payloads over entire cities. This is like in the 50s and 60s. They, they did this. Okay. And then, so it comes out later that maybe that's cancerous and blah, blah, blah. Um, another one. Oh, so in, in that one, they said, to prevent suspicion, the military pretended that they were testing a way to mask the city in order to protect it. 
what, what is this mist that's going around? Well, in case we get nuked by the Rus- the Ruskies, we're, we're testing out this way to make your city disappear so you can't be bombed. Just believe what we say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would seem like, if you probably told me as like a kid or something, I'd be like, really? That's magic? Yeah. Cool, Mr. Garner. I was like, well, you told me as an adult, I'd be like, what? Wouldn't they be suspicious of like, like, there's like nothing, 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 like a big <laughs> plume of smoke and then like nothing, like, yep. nothing, nothing, nothing around I- I do like how back in the 50s they were like, you know those uh, how ninja escapes? That's what we're going to do with the whole city. <laughs> we just need 100 Batmans. <laughs> yeah, okay. So in, uh, in 1950, the Navy shot San Francisco. They pulled a ship to the uh, edge of California and then shot a water hose full of microbes, which killed at least one person and, like, to test the bacteriology or whatever. So like, there's a ton of cases like that where they did that type of stuff. And then in the book, she outlined a lot of different cases of um, the research that they were doing on like, there was a test to put uh, a bacteria in fleas and then, or it's actually in ticks and then like launch it over the Soviet union and then drop it in there. That, that was a real test. And so like the, the goal was to, uh, was it incapacitate the population? So they couldn't make their crops, couldn't go to the, the plant to make new bombs and stuff like that because they were all so sick for months at a time and they wouldn't be able to diagnose what the problem was, which would then make them easy to go and invade. So that that was real. Well, it was reported as real. <laughs> so here's the thing I get with these books I read. I'm okay. like, okay, it sounds crazy. And some of it, like, it came back up in Congressional Record. I'm not going to Google all that or whatever, but, you know, it sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. like that one is checkable. Sounds right? legit. So some of it, yeah, I can't check that, like, this guy who's a pilot right, really right. did do the thing. But I can check that she said this is a Congressional Record. And I'm just like, do you just think it's true? Do you think it's false? If it just because it sounds crazy doesn't mean it's false. And I don't know where to sit with this thing. Like, do you ever come across that? Or what do we do here? Yeah. So, no. so I do want to bring up another one. Okay. Another example. <laughs> Operation Big Buzz. Yeah, that's the one. That's that's uh, well. So this is a U U.S. military entomological warfare field test conducted in the U.S. state of Georgia, in 1955. The test involved dispersing over 300,000 mosquitoes from aircraft through ground dispersal methods. So essentially, they just they flew over Georgia and just dropped a bunch of mosquitoes and see what happened. You know, I no, no, they they put some type of uh, thing inside the mosquitoes and then and then dropped them. Yeah, so they did uh, infected for the test. So they they infected uh, mosquitoes and dropped them over Georgia. Right. So like, and that's documented. <laughs> yeah. so, so all of this stuff sounds crazy until you like look at it and say, well, okay, well if they did Operation Big Buzz, then they might have created Lyme disease. Yep. And did a thing, so I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Bit. And they've also uh, <laughs> dropped cats over in some country in South America. Yeah, didn't they put bombs in the cats? Is that a thing? Uh, I don't know if they put bombs in the cats, but uh, they dropped. There was a uh, some issue with DDT and some of that, so they dropped cats over. There. Did right. the cats land on their legs? Land on their feet? <laughs> I don't know. They, they always do. Yep. Oh, they good. <laughs> okay, so so if that is true. <laughs> what does that change anything? Like knowing that the government basically created Lyme disease, is that? What do we do with that information then? Really. I don't think they created Lyme disease. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't. Okay, so so I think that biological warfare and the creation of Lyme disease can be two different things, right? Mm-hmm. So Lyme disease could be some uh, some disease that was brought in from another country that the government then tested and then it got loose into the United States, right? But that doesn't mean that Lyme disease was actually created by the, the government. That means that the the government was... <laughs> You know, ethically or irresponsible. It, I guess, yeah, yeah, they weaponized it, and that's in biological warfare is nothing new. The Mongols did it, right? All right. So, if the Mongols well, did it, good enough for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Bo, Bo brings up Mongols every third. <laughs> <laughs> what What bothers me the most is the way you spell lime. Yeah, lime? right. What's that about? Yeah. yeah what is up with that? And I will tell you, it's the name of a city where it was first discovered. What? Yeah. When I was a kid, 
Lyme disease was like, you know, that was the one thing that my my grandparents instilled a huge fear in me. Lyme disease, right? That was the one thing? Well, yeah, it was. For some reason, I don't know, it was really weird because I remember I used to go, like, they live on the, like, a larger woodsy area or something like that. And as a kid, you know, you just, you just trek out in the woods. And that's all you did the whole entire time you were over there. And, and what do they say? Like, watch out for that Lyme disease, Bo. Well, they'd be like, don't <laughs> watch out for ticks. You get ticks, you could get Lyme disease. And so, I'm like, what's Lyme disease? Oh, it's just an incurable, debilitating disease. <laughs> so here's where I am with Lyme disease, right? Oh, God. Uh, I, heard, I heard it was bad, but, and this is my ignorance. I sound ignorant in this story. Yeah. But I didn't think Lyme disease was a big deal and up until I read this book because my one experience with Lyme disease was there was this girl on the real world in like early 90s that had it and she seemed fine. And so I was like, all right. <laughs> must be okay. It must be okay. But then I read the, so the lady who got the Lyme disease or whatever, she described her symptoms and it was terrible. Yeah. She had to get in a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, so Johnny, Lyme is a town in New London County, Connecticut. Uh, the population uh, is very small and its neighboring town, Old Lyme, are the ni- namesake of Lyme disease. So all there right. you go. All right. So oh, well, I do want to point out something because I did actually look into this a little bit of stuff. There's only a certain tick that actually carries Lyme disease. Yes, true. It is the, so the lone big star blue ones? tick. No, it's so it's a lone star tick. So if you see a tick on you, if you're walking out in the woods, you can tell by the cowboy hat. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> and six boots. It's <laughs> it goes howdy. Mind if I take some of this blood of yours? Uh, so the the lone star. So the way you get ticks is usually there's some like high grass or some bushes or something. You you brush against it. Mm-hmm. The tick is on it and it crawls and then you know sticks its head in your skin and it's freaky. But the the lone star tick um, has I think a red dot on its back. Are you reading this from Google or is it thing you knew? That's thing I knew because <laughs> uh, Lyme disease is one of the thing few things that Did I'm he, like. He just <laughs> covered this. His parents are still the fear of Lyme disease. Yeah, he was five. <laughs> Yeah, so you know you you because I've had ticks in my body before. Yeah. Right? You walk. Do, the do you look for the red dot? Well, I, I do now, but before you just kind of say, "Ah," oh, you freak out and you say, "I have a tick." I obviously have Lyme disease, and then you just kind of <laughs> wait for your ultimate, you know, demise, right? And if it doesn't happen, you go, "Okay, I guess I'm okay." okay. Yeah. medical sound, medical advice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the one thing you want to look for. If it's a lone star tick, you know, watch look out. for the red dot. Same yeah, for look, spiders. Look for yeah. that red dot. And so they're they're. Uh, a lot in the southeastern United States, but I think most of the Lyme disease cases are actually in like North Georgia, North Carolina. So if you're in Florida, you still watch out. But it's not as big. <laughs> I feel like this hot tech news is a PSA for Lyme disease. <laughs> yeah, right? That's okay. Yeah, we're helping out people. Point one: the government made it. Point two: try not to get it. Yep. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's fair. Okay. So um, next topic: Chernobyl Redux. Did you guys hear? Thank it? you for bringing this up. Like <laughs> I would be, we would be remiss if we did not bring this one up. I try to bring things around it into there a theme. Yeah, so Russia is testing nuclear powered missiles, codenamed Skyfall. Where's Bond? Get <laughs> right. Bond. So they're not quite exactly nuclear warhead missiles. They're missiles that have nuclear Reactors fission on? as their propulsion element to them. What? Yeah. So the the trick with that is what you. America actually way back in the day was testing the same technology of being able to use nuclear reactors as the propulsion mechanism for missiles. And the benefit of that, the way that America was going to use it was that it can stay in the air and basically indefinitely because it's got, you know, it doesn't expand, expel its uh, fuel. And the use case for America, the, for the missile was that they were going to basically have it drop little bits of radiation all over entire countries uh, over the course of several months. So uh, I sprinkle a little bit of radiation. Hey, yeah, and well, basically uh, destroy the, the country. <laughs> what are you doing, focusing focusing this on the American instrument? The Russians had an accident this past week, 
killed five of their prominent scientists, had a flare-up of uh, radiation levels, scared a whole town to either evacuate or get I- um, iodine tablets. Yeah. I was like, the iodine stops the radiation or yeah. lessens the amount of radiation that your liver Holy gal. Like, I, I think it's thyroid. Yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah. Like, holy, that is some scary stuff right there. This is getting close to us wiping each other out. Yeah, and I think one of the other scary things is because this is, comes on the heels, maybe not on the heels, but... On the ankles? On the ankles <laughs> of the inter, the Intermediate Ballistic Missile Treaty not being ratified and kind of being abandoned by yeah, both yeah, sides. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the intermediate is essentially like, you know, Europe, you know, watch out. Mm-hmm. Kind of well, if you have a nuclear powered uh, missile, then it can you can definitely hit the mainland United States with it because it can go wherever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, well, if they can actually make the technology, it doesn't. I mean, yeah. Instead of blowing themselves up, <laughs> yeah. So then, so one of the things I noticed was that you know Russia said, "Oh, they're going to evacuate this town," and then I think the latest I saw to they yesterday did not evacuate the town. was that they didn't evacuate the town. Correct. Which I'm just like, okay. I heard that they're one. The first, so the first thing, first first thing was that they said the government said. Oh, there's no radiation problem. And then the people that lived there were like, for sure, there's a radiation problem. And I'm like, at the end of Chernobyl, the TV show, the whole thing was that the government was trying to yeah. suppress the actual uh, how bad it was in Chernobyl, like because they wanted to save yeah. face and make you know uh, was the communism look better. Was there communism, socialism, socialism, USS, make socialism look better. And it, and uh, and so they lied about it. And then I'm like, okay, the government's lying about it here too. So it's like. It's the same thing. You didn't learn anything, Russia. Yeah, or, that's their mo. <laughs> that's well, their mo. If you're, you can't spell Moscow without mo. <laughs> you if go. you're if you're in Russia, buy a Geiger counter, or yeah. make your own. There's a bunch of do-it-yourself Geiger counters out there on the internet. Are they really? I think there is. Yeah, you can do. Like Did they go past three point six Rotkin? I don't know. I don't know how many <laughs> Rotkins you can. See, and that's why America is still better than countries like that, where at least we I can, have a Geiger counter. Well. <laughs> At least we can get to uh, some a semblance of the truth in the stories and such. Uh, America lied to you. I noticed um, way way better. Yes, than Russia or China for sure. So you gotta say that. Yes, like, better. Yes, can we be, can we do ourselves do better? Yes, of course. But let's make sure the bar is America is way better than Russia, who is suppressing news on them radiating their own people. So <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. So <laughs> America lies to you though. I, I know. Why do you put those two in the same comment, man? They're, they're not equal whatsoever. It just feels like the thing to do. There's not. <laughs> it is not the thing to do because now you're diluting how how like our country is better than theirs. Like it's just crazy. Like don't lump those two together whatsoever. Yeah, they're worse. Yeah, you, yeah. don't 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 yeah. stress Johnny out. <laughs> <laughs> I can see an extra tooth. You look at the Skeletor. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Your wisdom will just fall out. I don't need to get the root canal. <laughs> just stress you out. All right. And uh, so one last story. Um, ah, this is too much. But like okay. <laughs> how how far down the conspiracy rabbit hole are we willing to go with the whole Jeffrey Epstein suicide slash murder? You guys think it's just suicide and everybody's blowing it out of proportion or it's all too too fishy? Uh, I You know what? I think it's um – it's refreshing this collective conspiracy theory. Yeah, everybody's it's like, like, wait a second, that's not nobody believes it. <laughs> or, or do they? Or do they, Johnny? No, I think there's something going on there. Yeah, it's pretty. Bad. My, my my gut <laughs> just tells me there's something more than meets the eye here. Yeah, no one feels G. sorry for the guy. So. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have executed him personally, or whatever. But like, I reserved the right to not be sad that he's dead. Like, he's pretty bad. Yep. I saw so a couple of um. I don't want to say I don't want to joke about a guy's death, but the funniest jokes I saw about this guy's death were um, 
One, he was like, Manny, if you think you're surprised at uh, Jeffrey Epstein's suicide, what do you think he is? Because he didn't commit suicide. So he'd be surprised that he is dead because somebody else killed him. I bet you did joke. Next joke. <laughs> um, and then somebody else was like, <laughs> uh, there's like um, the scene in Jeffrey Epstein's, um, uh, there was a jail cell, is that there's like a, a different assassin coming by every 30 minutes to, and stumbling upon his corpse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, so one of the things that I saw that it, well, it was a joke. It was uh, killed it. I watched. Do uh, you ever see The Wire? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So there's. Um, I think it's like season four or something. Um, there's a obviously a murder suicide. You know, there's a a murder in the jail cell and they blame it on the suicide. And uh, they have the I forget the the main character's name try to recreate the suicide and essentially can't. Mm-hmm. And so that you know. When I saw that they put those two together, uh, that scene and like the Jeffrey Epstein thing, I was like, <laughs> "That's exactly what I thought of." All right. So, and uh, last thing, uh, we're going to ha- we have one piece of good news. Oh, that's more bad stuff. We have uh, good news. <laughs> uh, what was it? Oh, so New Zealand has actually started implementing. If you recall, after the uh, Christchurch shooting in New Zealand, they implemented like almost immediately a uh, ban of uh, assault ri- rifles and uh, maybe all guns. I forget, but basically guns. Less guns in New Zealand, and they've implemented the plan. And, and I think within just a few days of starting their buyback program, they've already confiscated ten thousand firearms. And I didn't see any major issues that happened with it. Or confiscated? Whatever. They just I, bought them back. I think they're buying them back. I think yeah. it's, I think at this point you're turning your guns in. Yeah. And so, um, the best I can tell, it hasn't. Um, it's gone off without a hitch. So, shout out to New Zealand, and uh, maybe they're setting a good example for the rest of the world. All right, and that's the hot take news. For all of us here at News Center 4, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. We'll be right back after this. All right, folks. Welcome. This is the Captain's Ready Room. I'm Johnny. First Officer Bill reporting. Science Officer Lance. (laughs) On deck. Ah, I got it. And just to remind you all, Captain's Ready Room, this is the preferred place where the captain holds private discussions and or receive classified communications. Okay. All right, guys. You ready for something juicy today? Yep. Always. All right. Here we go. How do you all break bad news or have a hard conversation, like a really hard conversation, right? Like the one that comes to mind is like, I don't know, uh, like um, how do you give a bad feedback to an employee or something more relevant to our lives maybe? How do you let down a relationship? Like, like, let go of a relationship. Meaning, like, hey, this is not going to work out. Blah blah. So, what's the tactic here, guys? Hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> bad topic. I should really proofread these before we go. Um, this it's is a, this it's is, a good topic. This is one of the things I'm worst at in life. I I uh, am. Well, this is perfect then. Yeah. No. I'm I can con- try it on me. Conflict diverse. Break up with me. I don't know if you've met me, <laughs> but it's not a thing I do. I know. <laughs> it just means we're going to get closer. So, and, and sadly, in reality, it kind of just wait till it comes to a head, and then, and then once like it can't not be said anymore, then we talk it out. Like, uh, how do you think it should go then? I think. Uh, let me see. So you go to a public place. Um, where Is that a thing? Where there's no <laughs> knives. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I want to counter that. For uh, that popular opinion already i would say it it depends on the the dynamic of the relationship i would say that 
if you if if there's there's actual concern of physical violence or something like that, then yeah, public plays to that kind of stuff. Counterpoint: I've been cursed out in public. Yeah. <laughs> so. well, okay, so barring the violence outcome, perhaps I feel like taking them to a public place is like so mean. Like if somebody's gonna break up with me, don't don't make me go to a dinner only for you to break up with me, and now I'm gonna have a hard time eating this meal, knowing that I have an awkward. Another whatever. No, no, no. So five, you, ten, twenty minutes of this conversation, so, maybe more. So what you do is you, you know, you say, "Hey, uh, meet me at the restaurant at seven. We're, we're going to have a chat." And then when she sits down and she starts to order, you go, "No, no, 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 don't do that. You don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to be here that long." <laughs> you have some of the free bread, but that's about it. So, uh, two, wa- two waters. <laughs> <laughs> so before we flounder too long on that topic there. <laughs> Here's what Harvard has to say about it. Ah, okay. Okay, so you can't go wrong with Harvard, right? So Harvard says, prepare for the conversation. Harvard, known for their uh, racism <laughs> and admissions against Asian people. Yeah, they have to let us <laughs> down all the time, man. They're they're good at this. Okay. So prepare for the conversation. Be direct and avoid mixed messages. So don't be wishy-washy. Go in saying exactly what it is, right? So that's probably As though like, that was an option. As though, like, it well, was in question whether or not you should be wishy-washy. <laughs> Well, I, it's probably not in question, but I think that's how people do mm-hmm. ha- what does happen, maybe. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. that's true. That's true. All right. Explain how the decision was made. Oh, All right. And, and I think this fourth one is going here. I didn't realize this one here. Allow for venting, not debate. So yeah. allow space for emotions to come out, for the reaction, for them to express how they feel. But not the debate. It's not a back and forth. It's not yeah. a. That's a, that's a tough one, man. <laughs> yeah. Like so, we're still talking about breakups, right? So I so I've been through a couple of breakups where where like, it's like oh you know X Y Z X Y Z and I'm like yeah it's just true I'm so sorry and then it's just like mm, some of this is you're starting to 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 get an uh, unfair or like you're unfairly characterizing my position and actions over the course of time here. Like I did some of this stuff and like. And I feel like a jerk here for pushing back on what you're saying, but like I don't want you to walk away from this whole thing thinking that that's it, that's how it went down. It, like maybe that's how you feel, yeah. But like I want to set the record straight here, and then that about zero percent of the time has been useful in the conversation. Okay. But it's like you can only take so much of it before you're just like, mm, like no, this it's that I think you're misremembering or mischaracterizing the way things happen. Well, but that sounds like a debate stage. Right, well, which yeah. is what Harvard says to not do. Right, but, you know, yeah, they had slaves, so I don't trust them. I would. Um, <laughs> so my two cents on this thing, right, is um, think about it like uh, you're about to, you're about to, you're at a rodeo, right, <laughs> and you're about to get on that bull, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what you do is you just jump on, you just hold on, and then you go for the ride. Yeah. So when when you you first do it, you know. You break news, and then you just kind of just let the hate wash over you, you know. Even if, <laughs> okay, I mean, so is it just me? Like you guys just just take it? Like if they're I just take it. Well, I mean, what, oh, wow. what's the what's yeah. the what's the outcome? You know, so many weeks, months, or what's the outcome that you're looking for? Right, the outcome you're looking for is you just say, okay, at at the end of the day, you're going to be over here, and I'm going to be over here. <laughs> it's makes it shorter. If you just you just vent, you just get it out, and we don't have to extend this anymore. And you say your piece, and it and you try to lessen the amount of bad vibes, I guess between. But there's going to be 
ultimate v- bad vibes if this person is making me out to be this bad, a worse person than I am. I'm like, no, that, that's not at least that wasn't what I was thinking when I did this thing that you're saying. Like, you, well, so I would say there is a difference if you were to be like, you know, you do it and then let's say it's a really bad, you know, you know, s- split up or something like that. And the significant other goes after let's say you're like a consultant and goes after your business partners or your your business or something right. like that. it, it, that's oh, completely different it, right it, it, no, 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 no. It, it depends on how big of a <laughs> post impact this person has in your life yeah if they do have a big impact then maybe it warrants some sort of cleanup but probably later as well because i think in the moment in that same conversation it's they're seeing red it's gonna go haywires it's not a time to discuss anything oh, let man. them do their thing next day later Maybe if it's a big impact in your life, but if it's no impact in your life either, think I'm the worst person ever. I'm glad you actually think I'm the worst person ever. That just means you get over it faster. Good. You guys can sit with that. That bothers me so much. I, I'm fascinated to see that. I'm the outlier yeah. on this one. Yeah. Well, so I I think that there's you know to to, to something something to be said that you know that we are aware that of what we're doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, so this like, is the process. I'm. I'm I'm stepping in. I'm jumping on this bull, knowing that it's going to take me for this ride. Yeah, and I just have to kind of go with it. I'm not fighting the bull, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. you buck with it. I think is the and, actual thing. You but do. the but the thing though is, you kind of you kind of put the other person as a bull. There's an uncontrolled, yeah. you know, person. Right. And so in that sense, you kind of look at it and you go, I don't know if it puts you in a like a, a different category, but you kind of think about it and you say, okay, you know. I know you're not going to be a controlled person, but I have to be a controlled person. That's not fair, you know. Yeah, exactly. But, but the thing though is, you know, you have to be controlled. <laughs> yes. You you just yes. have to. You just say, you know, for the yes. sake of, you know, getting to a point where right. to, to life me, moves on. To life me, has the, to move on. To know? me, the ultimate objective is if you're going to break up or deliver some bad news here, that's the objective. It's not to be right. It's not to be fair. It's just to say, it's over, and this is the outcome. Whatever you need to do to process it and react to it, okay, mm-hmm. let's just go with it. Well, I think we exposed a uh, the, a flaw in my personality. I, I don't had, think it's not a. I don't know yeah. if it's a flaw, but mm, it's well, according to Harvard, it is. It, feel, it, it feels <laughs> flawed in practice. It feels pretty flawed too. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I have such an issue with just like letting this is like I, we just talked about. Like yeah. I argue with lawyers about things I think are legally <laughs> correct or whatever, and I'm like, so, so I do have another one real quick, which is from the Inc. I guess magazine or a company or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they publish high business level type stuff. So this one's more geared towards like business interactions, but almost the same thing. Start by understanding every question an employee will ask. So that's a preparing phase. Wait, oh, this is a, a firing somebody? Is this yeah, the analogy? Th- th- this is there are five yeah. things to keep in mind when delivering bad news to employees. Okay. Right. So, so one, prepare. Get out of here. <laughs> compliment sandwich. Number two, which is kind of cool, avoid corporate speak. So don't use like buzzwords and whatnot. Just, just keep it real. Say the words as they mean it. We're right? shifting the paradigm of your employment to a more uh, <laughs> anti-lucrative situation for you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Number three, provide context. So that's probably the same as the other one, which is like, just explain it, right? Like explain how the decision was made. Number four, show that you care. Of course, you're stressed by delivering the bad news, but that doesn't mean you have to be cold or unfeeling. Hey, you know? we, we both feel bad about you being fired. and then number five again allow for venting it's understandable if the employee becomes emotional and his her response may be irrational but don't get into a debate or over explain just listen there you go yeah 
I, I am a SOB with a job. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Secure time. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that uh, segment was useful in the captain's red room. Now I need you two to go out and fire your entire staff. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna run? Who's gonna run the uh, the deck? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. You need one guy to man yeah. the photon torpedoes. Good lord. Dude, what kind all, of ship are you running here? All we need is Guinan to deliver the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you all in the next uh, segment. Transfer of data is complete. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the pulp. What? Pulp? <laughs> yep. The pulp culture. <laughs> this is why I don't introduce this segment. That's why we rate orange juices. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And yogurts. <laughs> Where are we, Bo? Uh, well, medium pulp. <laughs> I'm a, so, uh, since we're talking about it, I hate pulp. I'm a pulp-free guy if I'm getting my juice. Medium, what? medium pulp. For me. Medium pulp. Yeah. I love pulp. Everything pulp except for pulp fiction. You don't like, except you don't like pulp, pulp fiction. fiction. Right. And that brings us back to pop culture, folks. Uh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> well, I also don't like uh, pulp fiction. But anyways. What about uh, other Tarantino <laughs> movies? Are you anti-Tarantino guy? Uh, I'm for the most part anti-Tarantino, oh, but wow. Once Upon a Hollywood was it good? Uh, Kill Bill, you like Kill Bill? Kill Bill one is good. Not Kill Bill two? Yeah, it didn't leave a good memory on me. Wow, that's fascinating. I, I love Tarantino. Uh, yeah. Was it the the movie the, the the one where they were all in the cabin? Kind of the eight, eight eight hateful hateful eight. Oh yeah, I don't like that one that much. But the rest of Tarantino's catalog is pretty good. Like. I think he lost me, or never really had me, but he turned me off with Inglorious Blast Bastards, which I know everybody loves and such, but I'm actually going to go back and watch that again. So we'll see maybe if it, uh, it uh, what, what's the word, like wine, like fine wine. It. Uh, oh, so Inglorious Bastards yeah. is to Johnny as Gladiator is to Lance. It's yeah. the movie that everybody loves that I hate. <laughs> Are you not entertained? I clearly was not. <laughs> you like Tarantino, Bo? You know, I think he's overhyped, but he's not a bad director. Like, he has good movies. Like, if you were to put him, I would say he is above average director. He's one of my favorite directors. Yeah. yeah. In words and all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's, that's saying a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, let's start off the segment by uh, asking myself what I watched on Netflix. <laughs> so, self? <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Johnny. No. Well, I watched their latest movie, uh, Red Sea Diving Resort. Uh, the story is uh, about Chris Evans, uh, Michael Kenneth Williams, who plays uh, Bobby McRae on the Netflix show When They See Us, um, Greg Kinnear, um, and uh, the show is about what? Yeah, Michael K. Williams is the black actor with the scar on his face, right? Yeah. He's Omar. That's, yeah. that's the only thing anybody says. And one, he's not Michael Kenneth Williams. That's he's so Omar. funny. Like he, yeah, he's the dude from When They See Us. But if you're referring to the actor, yeah, it's Michael K. Williams, and he's Omar from The Wire. Nothing else. What are you talking about? He's he's from When They See Us. Yeah, no. Well, you're saying the more famous role he played was The Wire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. If well, you say Omar from The Wire, people go, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry, nobody yeah. knows he's. You know, I mean, he's good. <laughs> he's good in When They See Us, but one, nobody knows that character's name. And also, I didn't realize his middle name was Kenneth. It's it's K. Good point. Good point. Clearly, I'm not the Wire <laughs> expert or seen the show, but. I will have to watch that show eventually. I hear too many good things about that show. Uh, then it's overhyped. It's good yeah. though. I wouldn't say it's overhyped, but I would say that if everybody says it's great and you watch it, you're only going to be disappointed. Yes. So, well, mm. then that means it's overhyped. That's the definition of overhyped. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I guess. So. <laughs> fine, 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 fine. Well, to wrap it up, <laughs> the wire, sea, the wire is the wire is really good. <laughs> so is Assassin's Creed, but uh, Red Sea Diving <laughs> Resort, uh, true story, Israel's uh, agents attempted to rescue Ethiopian 
Jewish refugees from the Sudan in 1977. I would say overall, because it's based on a true story and it's a period piece-ish, it uh, it warrants the viewing. And Chris Evans, post-Captain uh, America roles now, um, I think is a fine actor. So I say go check it out. Will or will not Chris Evans have an Oscar nomination before his career is over? I'm going to say no, unfortunately. Ooh. I'm going to say yes, but I think he's going to go more like kind of Brad Pitt route. Yeah. You know, it's you know at the very beginning he was, at least from my memory, he was just kind of built as like Hollywood eye candy and stuff. But he's actually a, a pretty good actor. You know? well, he's been he, in all in really good movies. He started off in one of those um, spoofs of scary movies. Did he really? <laughs> I think so. Oh, I thought his first Evans. movie was not Brad Pitt. Oh, Chris Evans did. Yeah. Chris Evans did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 Brad yeah. Pitt started in like Thelma and Louise. Yeah, or something. see, his first thing yeah. was uh, Eye Candy. I think. Did, um, but has Brad Pitt won an Oscar? Yes, Benjamin Button. I'll look that up. You keep going. Okay. Well, um, anyway, so that's the only thing I consume on Netflix. But uh, we'll bring up. I am watching, and you two are very much into this. The uh, The Boys on Amazon Prime. Did you guys talk about this one already last time? We haven't. Um, but I saw one episode of it. And it is likely to be the best show since. Do you only one in? I thought you were deeper. No, no, I think I only saw the one. Wow, I'm halfway. I think I'm about like episode five or six out of like I think ten, maybe. But uh, you, you yeah, actually finished it. it. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. So fantastic um, series so far. Very vulgar, very explicit, based on a comic book of the same uh, level of uh, gra- graphicness in it. Yeah. Um, but it's, have you read the comic? I did. I read it a long, long time ago, actually. Huh. So the fact that they were making a show of it, I questioned, how are they going to keep true to the comics? And they found a way. So Yeah, it's pretty nasty, uh, but I'm mm-hmm. cool with it. Yeah, so it's, a, it's an interesting take, especially in the in this day and age where there's a superhero movie all the time. Have we talked about the premise of the show? Uh, go ahead. Oh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll say it because yeah. I've seen the least, so I have the least amount of spoilers to give. So the boys on, on Amazon Prime is um, it's a superhero world where basically you have the equivalent of the Justice League, but they're much more gritty and kind of jerks and um, low key. I'm gonna say more than that. It's they're bad people. Okay, they, they use their powers for um, very bad things. Yeah. I would say they're that, mad with power. How about that? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. If you were to take an average person, give them superhuman skills, and expect them not to use their skills for their corruption, corruption, you know, abuse, personal, yeah, uh, personal aggrandizement, some of that. You know, I think that's kind of what the boys, the essence of the boys is. Yeah, it's like superhuman powers with regular human morals. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Okay. The, so Brad Pitt and his Oscars. Uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actor for 12 Monkeys, nominated for Best Actor in Curious Case of Benjamin Button, nominated for Moneyball, and he was he his only Oscar win was for Best Picture for 12 Years a Slave, which I think he was in and also was a producer on. So I think officially he doesn't have an Oscar. Brad Pitt, 12 Years a Slave? Yeah, and when he played Good White Guy in it, the one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he can't go to China anymore because of that, right? I think, what? <laughs> Seven years into Tibet. That's, oh, what, I was no, okay, never mind, that's yeah. what I was thinking okay. about. <laughs> I was like, China slaves. I was like, let it ride. Sorry. Yeah. And so I, numbers, numbers, Brad Pitt. <laughs> I think, so I think he got a, a producer credit on 12 Years a Slave is why he got the best picture nomination, and he was a bit role in an actor. All right, go on. All right. Well, and the last thing I'll end with for now is... I saw a movie in the theaters called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, you saw that? Oh, oh man. Great. 
I did see this. I used to read this as a kid. You must have on a date. <laughs> like, there's no way you went to go see that. What was that? There's no way you went to go see that, like, besides on a date. Yeah, I saw it. So the premise goes, it's 1968 in America. Change is blowing the winds. Um, so they're in this small town. The shadow of the Bellows family has loomed large. It's their mansion on the edge of town that Sarah, a young girl with horrible secrets, turned her tortured life into a series of scary stories written in, written in this book. So anyways, the um, the Rotten Tomatoes scores, do you mind if I say it? No. Rotten Tomatoes scores, okay. any guesses? Probably 80s. I want to. I want to say it's good. I think I heard. I think I felt good rumblings on the internet. Okay. Uh, critics eighty two, users seventy one, Johnny score fifteen. Oh <laughs> dang! That's weird. It's yeah. a big disconnect. Did you read the books as a kid? No. Okay. Oh, it's just based on books. So one nineteen sixty eight. What a weird year to pick. Is it? Is there political tension in the background of this movie? A tiny bit, but. No, 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 no. I, I take that back. It's it's a it's a plot point to a small degree, though. Because that is one of the yeah. most insane years in yeah. American history for them if they don't cover it. I'm like, why even choose that year? Yeah, it's a little bit in there. But my synopsis would be, hey, this movie is geared towards teenagers or younger who wants to have a like a scare. Yeah. Right? Was it actually but, scary? No. For an adult, nothing. Uh, and I'm not afraid to admit, like, I get scared in other horror movies, you know, but this movie... It was nothing. It was, it was almost kind of like laughable at some points. What's the best scary movie, Johnny? Uh, or the, the one that scared you the most? The Ring. The Ring? Interesting. The Ring. I saw that in theaters when that came out. Opening weekend. Crowded theater. Best crowd reaction I've ever had in a movie. Right? Because at that end of the scene, if you all know what I'm talking about, yep. oh man, the whole audience <laughs> freaked out, including me. It was fantastic. I don't think I... I think I've seen it. I don't remember... Being that freaked out by it. Okay, Bo, what is the scariest movie? Uh, the scariest movie? Oh, man. Um, uh, I can't really think of like... But The Ring the ring is up there. But yeah. it's like a different type of, of scary, right? So it has a lot of that uh, jump scare and that... Uh, yeah, I guess The Ring is probably there up go. there. Where are you, Lance? Fahrenheit 9-11? <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh. That, the, the, the 2002 the, one. Matthew oh, McConaughey no. one? Yeah, him and I think Jen, Jen, the hot Jennifer Timberlake's wife, I think, is in it. Jessica Biel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, that's right with that. I saw that one like um, it, it was out when I was in college, and they played it on like in the in the campus um, student center. So, like, I walked from my apartment to the student center at night to watch it, and then I had to walk back home in the dark. <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. No. <laughs> that that that's probably why it stuck with you, Zor. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, so on the the scary. Uh, movie front. I recently watched It Follows. Oh yeah, have you seen that? I did. You did. It's essentially did. like a horror STD. <laughs> <laughs> you know the premise of this one? It, it follows you around for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so, so, so there's this uh, monster figure that, that that takes the form of anything, right? Could be it takes the form of a human or something like that. Oh, uh, it, it is. Hu- it is usually just human. Uh, it is human yeah. form. It's okay. not like a couch comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this human form demon thing, wherever monster comes at you, but always in a walking pace, a very slow, very slow walking pace, but it's relentless. It will always come towards you, and you don't know what human form it, it could take. So it could be anybody, mm. all right, and nobody can see it but you, all right. Ah. So. And it will kill you if it gets you. Yes. So yep. when it gets passed on to you, this thing will always be going in a straight line towards you, right? 
And the only way to get rid of it and shake it off you is to have sex with somebody else. And then that monster goes follows that person. Ah. Right? And then that person has sex with another person. And then the monster hopefully goes down the line. But if the monster kills that person, it goes back up the ladder of the previous person. Yep. Oh, so, okay. So you, basically you have to like you bang, to, bang your uh, the ex that cheated on you. And that's the way to to, to win. But, you, but the ex could die and then they come to you. But right. they cheated on you. So they've already got some action somewhere else that they're ready to go to. Yes, that's the trick right there, <laughs> so man. So then you uh, get rid of your the person that stole your ex from you. Bada boom, bada bing. Oh, yeah, but then it goes back to your ex and then back to yeah. you. What you yeah. do is you go bang an Eskimo. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that anymore. Okay. You're banging Inuit. Yes. and then But how does it help you? Because they're far away? Yeah. It'll take a long time. Get I mean, come on now. Does, yeah, I guess the thing will freeze as it has to walk back from Canada. Like, yeah, but it won't freeze. Like, as long as, I don't know what, what's better in this situation, because if you fly someplace far, far away, you yeah. probably get a peace of mind for wherever long, right? Yep. But you've totally lost track on, are they like one day away? Or are they like a week away? Or are they like an hour away? Is it better to actually know exactly where this monster is at all times, knowing that it's walking pace? It can never outrun you nah, I don't want that on my back all the time I right. think I'd like to but at least you know where it is can you tell that it's is it, is, it, is it does it look like a pure regular human and then yeah. out of a crowd of humans you gotta let you look at like man that one particular person seems to be off a little bit off yes then, yeah that's uh, exactly how it is yes. is it a good movie it sounds like it could be if it's well executed it sounds like it could be it, good. it was highly rated yeah. and it was a buzz of the town so yeah. I yeah, recommend it. Huh. I would, yeah, it's a well-executed movie I, what I would probably do is I'd dig a hole and then I'd be like let it walk in the hole and I'd be like can it get out Oh, and go. I just kind of watch it, and I do a bunch of science experiments. And, <laughs> you know, just like uh, cut it off at the ankles, like uh, like Hank Hill's dad, and then it can't can't come to you very fast. <laughs> uh, so, other than that, I've uh, been watching. For some reason, I've I've gotten back more into, uh, I guess, anime. Hey, yep. So <laughs> I thought you gonna say lobsters? No lobsters. No, <laughs> never lobsters. Although they are tasty. Um, I don't think I've ever had lobster. You never had lobster? I don't think so. No. Okay, well, back to anime. <laughs> but Lance, you do have to try lobster. We're going to have to get you lobster one day. And and we need to watch Forrest Gump again. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So let's watch Forrest Gump while eating lobsters. <laughs> no, I'm not going to eat. It looks disgusting. Okay, well, <laughs> so uh, the anime that I picked up uh, recently, and I got it from, uh, there was a Reddit post about recommended watching this series called Planets, I think is what it is. It's, I would recommend that anime... Uh, it's a pretty good one. Essentially what it is, is at least the, I don't know if it's on the second season, it changes, but the first season, what it is, is, uh, there are in the year 2075, humanity has gone into this, into the stars, but on the way up there, they have left a bunch of space debris and junk. And what, uh, this story re- uh, revolves around is a division in, in this one corporation that what they do is they go out into space and then they clean up the space debris. And I would say it's a, it's a, it's a funny and well-executed show. It's uh, got 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, which is higher than Black Panther. And it's got uh, 3,000 reviews, which is one of the highest numbers I've ever seen for a thing I've never heard of. Yeah. Where do you, where are you watching it? Uh, Anime Rush. Okay, just so, some random anime website. All right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I was doing Crunchyroll, then Anime Rush, and and then uh, they had they have it on Netflix, but then they they took it off. So I'm gonna say recommend. Okay, it's in the queue. I'm uh, so while we're on anime, I am going back and watching Attack on Titan season three, and uh, I found a dub of it. I was watching the sub, and so one, 
I'm really thrown off at how different everybody sounds, and I don't like it. And uh, two, the story is not as engaging as I was hoping for, but it's still okay. So if you like Attack on Titan, I don't know, watch it. Not as impressed as I was. How's uh, One Punch? One, it, it, it stopped. So wow. I don't know what's going on with One Punch Man. There's okay. So I saw that there was. It looked like it looked exactly like One Punch Man, and it was called Mob Psycho. Uh, it's by the same guy. It's by the same guy. So it's like yes. One Punch Man, but in middle school. And I'm like, why would why do you, why does anime do this stuff? Why do they worry about kids in like middle school and high school? Like regular story with adults, you know. But yeah, but it it looks the same because it's by the same artist. Okay. It's like a. I don't know if it's as popular. It's definitely not as popular as One Punch Man. But yeah, One Punch Man like it. I don't know if the season actually ended and I just didn't pick up that it ended on a crescendo or if it's like a big cliffhanger because it, it ended in the middle of a story as far as I'm concerned. And I'm just like, okay, well, where's the rest of it? And it's been like a month. So I don't know if it's on hiatus or what. All right, so uh, my uh, pop culture story is that the uh, everybody remembers that we're all supposed to meet up at Area 51 and storm it so that we can... Uh, they can't. And how'd that go? Yeah. And you got to run in Naruto style. Yeah, to run Naruto style. And they can't kill us all. So those of us that survive will find aliens and report back to the wider society about what's going on. Okay. So instead of a, what is essentially a big suicide pact, it turns out that they decided that they were going to just turn that event into a music festival. <laughs> oh, I was hoping like a marathon or something. <laughs> that would have been funnier. Fire festival? Uh, it's, it's more like um, Fire in the Sky Festival. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's a good movie. That is a good yeah. 90s movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. All right, so that's, see you out in New Mexico, everybody. <laughs> what do you guys got? That's it for me, man. And uh, that's it for me. MCM. That's about it. Yeah, Johnny, I don't know where you find the time to watch all this TV shows because I'm far behind. Oh, I'm starting Preacher season, the final season is Preacher. And, uh, well, I'll say one more thing. I saw a trailer for a new, I think it's a USA show, maybe. It's called Treadstone. So this is a spinoff from the Bourne oh. movies. So if you remember, Bourne was, came out of a government program called Treadstone. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this is a spinoff of that. So here we have a bunch of sleeper agents who don't know they're agents, like Bourne. Mm. And they've been mm. uh, awakened by some um, some entity. So now all these people are waking up with uh, all these uh, super skills. Um, and they go about kicking butt. So I another, I don't like the Born series. So USA is still a thing, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. But it's it's. It, a, I heard it's been made great again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to thinking about the premise of this, the the whole Born thing. It's like, so we're gonna train these people to be ultimate elite fighters, killers, assassins, and then say, you know what? I don't think this is a good idea. After let's put them back into the general population. Like that just doesn't feel right. No, that's a real thing. That, that's why we have. That's why they're called sleeper agents. Oh wait, wait, wait a second. No, that, feel... I don't think that's sleeper agent. Oh, sleeper and, agent, and like in the real world, it's still that's conscious. Re- they yeah. just are not activated. Yeah, so I don't think sleeper agent in the real world is sleeper agent like the born ultimate. Yeah. Like a sleeper agent would be what? like someone. Let's say you you are you are trained. I am trained Russian secret <laughs> service. <person>. I go to <coughs> sorry. I go to America for fifteen years. And then, you know, Russia calls me up and they're like, hey, you know, go attack that power plant. And then you go, okay. Okay, but like uh, even the Winter Soldier, right? He he was uh, inactive until you said the words and then you activated them. So that's got to be based on something true, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I am obviously talking about real life versus the Winter Soldier. I feel like I was too, but it does seem far-fetched. But also, as we stated earlier, I think that there's a quite a bit of truth in some of these wild stuff, stories that are going around. But yeah. it's neither here nor there. 
All right. <laughs> so also on that note, um, everybody, thanks for listening to the Junto Show. If you would, please, uh, we'd like you to leave us a five-star review in uh, the Apple Podcast app. It really goes a long way towards us getting discovered and getting our numbers up, and we appreciate it. Also, if you have any feedback you'd like to leave us, you can email us at show at juntoshow.com. We appreciate hearing from you guys because we love you. And lastly, also, please visit patreon.com slash show. And uh, maybe donate a few bucks to help us do what we love to do, which is exactly this. That would be great. So in in addition to if you become a Patreon supporter of our show, you get bonus content. (sighs) And let's talk a minute about the episode that we have ready for the premium subscribers today. In today's episode, we talked about um, the nexus between the some of the anti-immigrant rhetoric that's being spewed forth on America's political right and how much culpability those who say it have to some Ooh. of the violence that's been going too on. Too hot, man. Too hot. Yeah, too no. hot. Hey, but we have to let them know what they get. All right, man. For their, for their money. Yeah. So if you want to hear what we talked about there, and if you think that's an issue you'd like to hear about, you can have access to the feed for that little price. So until next episode, uh, we're going to sign off here. Thank you for listening to the Junto Show. Uh, I'm Lance. I'm Johnny. And I'm Bo. See you.